We're not going to be calling it Facebook for long, but we're ready, Scott, as you take a look at Facebook for us today. That's right. It's We call it Facebook now. The company is going to rebrand the larger corporation. It sounds like the pieces are going to uh, con continue to use their current names. But the, what, we, what we call Facebook, the corporation, is going to try and rent some of the stink that it's uh, accumulated over the past couple of months off by rebranding. I think that this is going to work in the short term. Uh, I do think that people tend to use these platforms. Older people like me tend to use Facebook. Some younger people are all over some of the other ones. I think this is going to work. But, you know, if it doesn't work, it's really going to be horrible for Facebook. And I, so I, I want to trade this in a way that will make money because I'm bullish. I don't want to own the stock, though. The way to do that Nicole is using options. Specifically, I want to buy the December 350 strike call. When I put this together, I could pay about $11.75 for that. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking back, I'm looking for a rally back to the 384 and change high that we saw not that long ago. Now, because we're buying an option, 1175, that's our max risk. But our profit, if we do get a rally back to that high, would be at least $22.5 and probably more because the option would probably still have some time value. But final thing, Nicole, this is a trade. This is absolutely a trade. So if it's not working out, we're going to bail on it. We're going to sell our call. We're not going to just hold it until expiration if it's not working. I see. Okay. Uh, Rick, your thoughts here? Yeah, Facebook has definitely had some issues uh, in recent days. And... Uh, the studies that I chose to take a look at today are our linear, or excuse me, our standard deviation channels, which are based on our yearly linear regression line, which is just a line of best fit. And then we take uh, standard deviations both to the upside and the downside to create some channels where we might tend to see some, some uh, support or resistance around these levels just based on our own price history. So looking at some of our, our recent uh, uh, price action here, uh, take a look at point A. That's the recent high of our, of our range that we've been in ever since Facebook started kind of uh, starting to fall based on some negative headlines. To the downside, 318 would be our recent lows, and 330 would be minus one standard deviation from that blue linear regression line. So that 355 number uh, lines up reasonably well with uh, the, the, stri the strike price that Scott was thinking of there. Um, also, just looking at the RSI in terms of momentum there at point C, we can see that the bullish momentum is starting to build. So, uh, you know, I'd be looking for some kind of further uh, RSI movement in the direction of the trend that we eventually see. I, I love this chart because in the early part of it, you see Facebook trying to break out, right? So that line, that A line really is resistance, right? And then later it really becomes that support as what you're saying in that 355 range. And then that upper end seems exciting, but you just don't know when you can get near it, right? Rick? Yeah, that's very true, and that, that's a very good observation. You know, old support often becomes new resistance and vice versa. And really, this blue line is the idea of, of fair value based on the uh, closing prices that we have during the given time period. So that's about where you might expect it to be. Once it starts getting toward these standard deviation lines, that's when it's starting to be more of an extreme price where it might be reasonable to try to make a play at that point. Yeah, yeah. And Scott, I, I want to get to Visa, but just how do you feel generally about the FANG names or tech in general? Um, do you look a lot at just the big picture or are you really focused on the technical analysis? Um, no, I'm, I, I, which one do you want? Talking to Scott. Mm -hmm. um, I, 
I tend to look at the fundamentals much more than the technicals uh, because that just tends to make a little bit more sense to me. But Rick makes some great points here about Facebook. Uh, it, the overall market, some of the FANG stocks, uh, I'm generally optimistic as long as interest rates don't spike. Let's face it, uh, you know, many of these names don't pay much of a dividend. And so in a really high rate environment, they can struggle. But as long as rates are moderate, even if they continue to, to come up a little bit, I'd be bullish on all the FANG names. Again, interest rates would be the, would be the thing that would unspool that trade for me. Right. All right. So let's get to your next name. I'm excited for the Bitcoin, but I'm leaving that one for last. Visa right. is on your list here. Um, you know, we think of it as a credit card, but it's fintech. It's global growth. Tell us more about this story. Processing. But it's also, you know, to a certain degree, it's a, it's a big financial. And uh, we were just talking about rates the likelihood that rates will increase. Well, we know that inflation is increasing, and that should be bullish for Visa. It's a play on both everybody breaking out, getting out, spending more, but it's also a play on inflation and rising prices. So I want to take advantage of, the, of that. I also want to take advantage of the fact that Visa is having a little bit of a down day, down uh, not quite 1%. So when I put this together about an hour and a half ago, it was down much more and I just want to be a buyer of the stock. This is a little bit of a trade, but I'd be fine if I could get filled and hold on to it for a while. Uh, when I put it together about an hour and a half, I wanted to bid 226 even. Uh, we're just above 229 even right now. So if somebody wanted to scale into this on the downside, that is put a bid at, say, 128 half, one, another one at 128 even, and so on for small amounts as a way to scale into a trade and take advantage of the fact that the uh, the stock is a little bit soft today. Uh, I think that yeah. uh, from a fundamental point of view, Visa is going to do really, really well over the next couple of months. Yeah, it makes sense. An inflation play and as rates will be on the rise. Um, so you put your order in here at 226 on a little bit of a softer down day. Rick, your thoughts? Yeah, and just to speak to kind of the broader point, fundamentals and technicals can really complement each other quite nicely. If you have a strong fundamental outlook in a particular direction, you can use technical analysis to help time your trade or determine any, uh, you know, most advantageous strike prices for, for an options trade or something. 226 is exactly the point that I found on my chart for the uh, the minus one standard deviation line. And that's right where it looked like we bottomed out today and, and people were uh, perhaps more willing to make, a, you know, step in on the bullish side at this point. So that was the, the main one that I was looking for first. Um, but in the more, uh, more recent term in general, uh, Point B, I thought, looked like we had a, a bit of an upward trend line, so sort of a, 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 a ascending triangle type shape. I don't think it, it would meet the exact criteria for it yet, but um, that's where I'm looking to the downside because it does look like we've had a bit more uh, bullish action because we did not make new lows, as you can see from point B. But look at point A. This has been a frequent stopping point for this stock to the upside. Um, right around 233 is where the upper level of our range is, right around point A. We did start to peak above it, uh, so some, some new uh, relative highs there. RSI also followed suit, breaking above its previous high there. So uh, that's the kind of thing that you want to see. Uh, look for that kind of bullish momentum to continue with an upside breakout. Right. Makes sense. Okay. And last but not least, we're looking at crypto, the world of crypto and the excitement that surrounded Bitcoin, no doubt. 
Uh, we all saw it move to these new record highs. Uh, I think it was above 67,000 for Bitcoin itself. This uh, futures ETF actually doesn't hold Bitcoin, trades the futures. Tell me more about this one, Scott, because a lot of people are excited to get in. They are, because for the first time, they're going to have an opportunity to trade Bitcoin. And you make a great point, Nicole. It, you're not actually ever going to get to take delivery of your Bitcoin. But, you know, for an ETF, this is as good as anyone was going to do right now. And so now people that have a straight stock account can essentially trade Bitcoin. And it, so it's going to be a very popular uh, vehicle. We, we've already seen really miraculous inflows in the first couple of days of trading. And Nicole, the options are already trading for this. So the, the ticker symbol BITO, B-I-T-O, again, options are already trading. Here's the interesting, interesting thing, Nicole. The implied volatility for the at-the-money options expiring in November for the ETF are about 95. Now, that makes a lot of sense because we know Bitcoin is really volatile. And so the option should be expensive, but we can also take advantage of that because uh, over time, options will cost more than they're worth. And so let's take advantage of this. The way to do this is to, in the November expiration that I mentioned, would be to sell the 40, 35 put spread. I can sell that for $1.85 when I was looking at this. That means that our max gain is going to be that $1.85. Our max loss is going to be $3.15. But that only happens with the ETF below that strike price, that $35 strike price at uh, expiration. So a couple of important things here to take away, Nicole. We're taking advantage of very expensive options, but we're defining our risk and we only realize the max risk if BitO falls quite a bit, has to fall below 35. So I know Rick is going to have a little bit of a trial here because it just started trading, uh, looking at the right. technicals. And he made, he made a great point before, you know, technicals and fundamentals, pardon me, can go hand in hand. Uh, but I'd love to hear what he has to say about this one. Yeah, I wish this were a class in a school because when we're young and we're in school, we don't learn enough about understanding the economy and financials and in this case, crypto and how it trades. Um, Rick, what are your thoughts? Because you don't really have historical basis for the ETF. I mean, of course, you can look at Bitcoin itself. Your thoughts? Well, I, that's exactly right. I did choose to look at the Bitcoin futures because with not only has Bitto only been trading for a few days, I mean, it's at this point, it's an ETF of a future of a cryptocurrency. So it's, it's a little uh, interesting that we're, we're at this point, uh, just testament to the huge level of interest in this product. But Bitcoin is really the reason that I wanted to choose standard deviation channels to look at in the first place, because um, because this product made all-time highs recently, if it keeps going to the upside, it can be kind of difficult to gauge where prices might stop. These, um, these tops tend to be much less orderly than bottoms because it can be a time of great uncertainty and speculation. So um, it was kind of interesting to me that right around point A is where we topped out. That's the, the plus one standard deviation channel, right around 66.810. So uh, to the downside, we've been watching that level around uh, 60K for quite a long time. That was an important previous resistance point. So once again, old resistance can become new support. So that's an important uh, area that I'd be looking at. If we do fall off a bit, um, I'd be looking at that fair value point, the linear regression line near 53,400. One last point real quick, near point C, the RSI did cross below that 70 level. So it's, it's crossing below the overbought region, which is uh, typically more of a bearish sign, uh, you know, just looking at it today. 
Right. And, you know, the overbought region. And um, Scott, final thought here, because I'm sure there's a trade that gets closer to the 100,000 mark. Right. We feel like it's overbought. We look at the technicals at the same time when something has momentum or people get overly excited. It just goes. Um, and people talk about Bitcoin 100,000. That, that's right. And I'm not the world's biggest fan of Bitcoin, but I think you have to divorce the what you think about the product from the likely price action here. And let's face it, as we discussed before, Nicole, this is going to be the first time a lot of investors have really easy access to the space. And so I think that we'll see tremendous flows. I think we're going to continue to see a bunch of flows into this product. And that means that it's likely to continue to either drift higher or move higher with conviction. And that means that selling a put spread is a really likely profitable strategy.